0: That's how we used to do it sometimes on a Sunday night at church, back in my old church. I am healed. Revival night, we pray for people, they get healed. I am healed. Sometimes you just have to say it over and over again to yourself to confirm it in your own spirit. I am healed. I am healed. Pain hits your body. You say, I
1: am here.
0: Head is racking with pain. I
1: am, I am here. here. Pain shoots in, in your back. I, I am here by the in his
0: side. Oh, Baba kita ya basha bande, si torom brostoke yaramande, som brostonde de mende de Bekisa, be kisa, som brostonde re mande ke shi ara basata, som ke shi talala mando roko Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And if you ever been healed before the devil tries to bring the symptom back, you remind him, I am healed. No devil, I. I'm
1: here I'm already I'm already here Way back on Calvary's cross I'm already here
0: By the wounds He was wounded for our transgressions He was bruised for our iniquities The chastisement of our peace was upon him And with his stripes we are here Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, open your Bibles to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Hallelujah. Somebody already tonight. You already feel your healing just manifesting in your body right now. Already, <laughs> Were you dealing with that soreness tonight? Soreness all up there. How you feel now? Look at you.
1: I am healed. I am healed. Come on. I
0: All right, James 1, verse 16 and 17. Y'all got it? Okay, let's read that together. Ready to read. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good healing, every good deliverance, every good recovery, every good gift, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom... He doesn't change. If he healed back then, he'll heal again. If he healed way back in the Bible days, he'll heal today. If he healed you before, he'll heal you again. Because there is no variation in him and no shadow of turning. Thank you, Lord. Father, tonight we receive your word. Speak from heaven. Speak from heaven. Speak from heaven. Fresh word, fresh revelation. For us, your people tonight, let the lights come on for us. Hey. Yes. To understand just how good of a father you really are. Manifest your spirit continually in this place. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. 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 Take your seats tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. to call the the devil a lying wonder wonder. he's a lying wonder uh, now God is a God of wonders and the devil tries to uh, imitate God in reverse he's a lying wonder which means that what he brings to you is is um, pain and trouble and Sickness and disease and poverty and tribulation and trial, and it's it's a it's a lying wonder. It's it's fake. Well, it feels real to me. Yeah, but it's it's only temporary. Things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. So you and I can't get caught up on what, on the devil's lying wonders. We got to get caught up on God's ever ever living truthful wonders. Amen. Because God's a good God to us. Now, we read James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, the New King James. I want to read that very quickly in the easy-to-read version. Easy-to-read version. Hallelujah. Where it says here, my dear brothers and sisters, don't be fooled about this. Verse 17, everything good everything good comes from who? From God. Every perfect gift is from him. These good gifts come down from the Father who made all the lights in the sky. Well, he did that. He did that. But we'll talk about that. But God never changes like the shadows from those lights, he is always the same. Then the Bible says, in, over in Hebrews thirteen eight, Jesus is the same. Yesterday, yesterday, yesterday come on, yesterday. today, and forevermore. So God's always the same. Now I talked on Sunday because we started this on Sunday for Father's Day, and I talked about how Satan has worked tirelessly to try to get us to get a bad view of fathers. Right. He's gotten fathers out of the household, gotten fathers out away from their families, and he did that uh, not only uh, to he knows, one, it leaves families unprotected. Right. That God called for the fathers to protect their families spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. Right. The reason why there's so much poverty in our, in our nation is because fathers are outside the household. <laughs> okay? Because any father who loves his children, man who loves his wife, they're going to make sure that they provide. I said they're going to make sure they provide. Amen. if I got to go grab a lawnmower and go down the street cutting everybody's yard, I'm going to make sure I'm providing my family. I wish I had a few more amens than that. I'm going to make sure my family is always taken care of. So number one, we see that he disconnects the fathers from the families, and it gets people unprotected and vulnerable. But secondly, what I wanted to show you Sunday was that when he gets fathers out of the families, it causes people to have a diminished or depleted view of fatherhood. When people don't understand fatherhood, then how in the world are you going to understand our our relationship between us and God? Because God is our father. Jesus came to establish that. You read all through Matthew 6, and Jesus would say, uh, like in fact, in Matthew 6, verse 9, he'll say, in this manner, therefore pray, our father in heaven. He didn't say pray our God. He said, pray our Father. So in other words, Jesus came to establish and make everybody understand that God is our Father. But if you have a diminished, depleted, uh, 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 a horrible view of fatherhood, then it's hard for you to receive from God as a father. Can can you see the the devil's agenda here? Over in Matthew 7, verse 11, over right in the very next chapter, Jesus talks about, he says this, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... To your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So notice, children ask fathers for things. Right? Children aren't supposed to be fending for themselves. Hallelujah. Children are supposed to be asking their fathers. Now, if if there's no father in the house, then mom is on you. Got it? Okay, but my point is, children are dependent upon their fathers, their sources. In fact, that's what father, if you study the word father out, it literally means source. That's what father literally means. It literally means source, the source of all things. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, um, fathers, we, we do that. Now, if we don't do it right, then our children have a hard time understanding God as a father. They'll see God as this long-bearded man sitting on some, on some throne a million miles away. Why? Because my daddy was a million miles away. My daddy might only called once every year. Oh, Jesus. Didn't really get a chance to know my daddy. I'm not talking about me. I, I did. I, I'm talking about people in general. This is what the devil does. And so what happens is you, then you begin to envision God a million miles away. And if, if your father ever came around and you asked him for something he said, ain't nobody got no money for all that, then you begin to envision God. And you're afraid to even approach God and ask for things and Sure, you don't ex- actually expect God to do it. If God does something, he just had to be in a good mood that day. Oh, y'all better say something. You, try, you, try, you, know, you know how you do. You try to catch daddy in a good mood. It's a day, a good day to ask daddy for so-and-so. And so what happens is people approach God the same way and don't understand God's always in a good mood. God is always in a good mood. You can never approach God at the wrong time for anything. Hallelujah. And God is always there. You know, I know I, just <laughs> <clears throat> I have very uh, active and uh, talkative uh, children, all four of them. In fact, I had the pleasure this weekend, our oldest daughter's in town, so all four of them were together and they just talk and talk and yin, yang, 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 yang. And they can, they can be on the phone. Our oldest daughter lives up in Georgia, uh, working up there. And so um, they'll be on the phone and FaceTiming just all times of night. And I'm like, oh, my. Goodness, they just talk, 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 talk. And uh, sometimes they'll, you know, we've, we've got a, you know, four-bedroom house, big house. They can be anywhere. We'll look up, and they're all piled in our room. As we said. We're just going to get rid of this thing. Let's get a one-bedroom. We can all be good they all be on our bed and all on the floor laying on the floor talking everything and you know at some point you know daddy gets tired I'm like all right. but you know you can't wear out father God you can talk to father God all day and all night all year round he never gets tired of us he never said hey will you get over and stop all that praise and worship stop all that praying he never says that Stop asking for this. Stop asking for that. Never says that. God never says that. See, but if we've had a, a horrible view of fathers, then it's real hard to understand that if we being evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will our Father in Heaven give good things to those who ask Him? Are y'all seeing that? So God is good to us. Amen? So I gotta understand God is a giver of good things. Now, we go back to James chapter 1, and in James 1, we dealt with this Sunday how God, how, how rather James started out talking to us about temptations and trials and so forth, tribulations. Anybody ever had a temptation or trial or tribulation? Just a few of y'all. Anybody ever had trouble in your life? <laughs> I'm so glad trouble don't last always. Weeping man do it for a night Joy comes in the morning. Keep the faith; it's gonna be all right. That's how the song goes. Amen. So um, he starts out in verse two, "My brethren, this is the brethren means church folk." That's good right there because some people think that once you become church folk, you don't have no trouble. (laughs) I have news for you. You become primo target number one. The devil doesn't bother people in the world. In the world, they're, they're getting spiritual laws fulfilled in their lives. They're doing either They're sowing to the flesh of the flesh to reap in corruption. That's what's natural. But for you and me, those of us who are walking with God, serving God, the devil, any time that he comes and does something against us, it's a violation. Did you hear what I said? It's a violation. Okay? But he does it. And he's good at it. I said he's good at it. How many of y'all have found that the devil's good at what he does? So it says, brethren, my brethren, count it all joy when you fought in the various trials. Hold up. Maybe, maybe James didn't know what a trial was. Maybe, maybe he, didn't, he didn't know that a trial means trouble, means tribulation, means some hard times. And he says, he says, count it all joy. In other words, get happy when you're going through it. Tell your neighbor, get happy when you're going through it. Now, that's hard to tell Get people to understand that. But he says, get happy when you're going through it. Now, you don't feel happy. You don't feel good. Pain is not, it's not good. It doesn't, it doesn't feel good going through that. But he says, get happy. Because in the verse, verse 3, he goes on and says, he says, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. So your faith is going to be tested. Oh, you want to know faith people. Let me try you. Oh, you go to that Word of Faith church. Oh, let me really try you. Oh, you one of them Holy Ghost tongue-talking folk. I'm gonna really, really, really test you and see if I can get you to give some other kind of tongues at your mouth. I'm looking, I'm looking at all your eyes. looking. What other kind of tongues I can get coming out your mouth? Unknown tongues. No, we know them tongues right there. I all got them other tongues. There are tongues of angels, there's some some tongues of demons too, so I can get those to come out. See, he's going to come after you, and it says, knowing that the testing of your faith is producing something. Then he goes on to say, uh, verse 4, just keep going for me please, but let patience have his perfect work. That you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So let patience do what it does in you. The Bible says through faith and patience, we, we inherit the promises. Right? So we need patience. Bible says Abraham after he had patiently endured he obtained the promise so you need patience how many of you have prayed God God, give me some more patience God I need more patience well you should never pray that again you know patience is the fruit of the spirit so you don't ever, ever to pray for more patience you just let patience come out let patience have its work let patience work and when you go through your trial don't rush out of the trial Hallelujah. In fact, do this. Do me a favor. Put James 1, put that same passage up in the message translation, please. Hopefully, y'all can read it on the screen. James 1, uh, 2 through 4. Hallelujah. Let's see if we can get the message translation. It's going to be kind of tiny, but I think y'all can do it. Y'all, got your, y'all brought your good eyes tonight? Everybody brought you? We, we, we dealt with glaucoma Sunday, right? The glaucoma's already healed. Some of y'all got healed from glaucoma Sunday, didn't you? Your eyes clear? What's your handle if you got healed Sunday from glaucoma? All right, I saw you. Praise God. Awesome. All right, Notice what it says here. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. All sides. Now keep that in mind. From all sides. We are troubled on every side. So notice the challenges are coming to you from the sides. Okay? Okay, now we're going to deal with what comes from above. But the challenges, y'all got to get it, come from the sides. And I don't mean your cousin, so don't, don't put people on your mind. You got so and so body. No, it's the enemy, right? You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. Oh, you say you have faith? Let's see if you really have faith. Let me give you a pain. Let me give you a diagnosis. Let me let me let me let me let me let, me let two of your tires go flat at the same time, Lord, have <laughs> mercy, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna make your window stop working. <laughs> Praise God, and the engine starts knocking at the same time. Has anybody ever been through that? Where well, it seems like, things come in waves from all sides. Under pressure, your faith is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it, faith, or rather patience, do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. So if you want to grow up, well, you grow up when you, when you stand the tests. When you endure but if you keep wilting under pressure wilting under the heat come on here. you're never going to become anything on, you'll never be able to, to to step into the big things of God if you keep wilting under these little small trials come on, this is good. these these light afflictions which are but for a moment come on these light afflictions which are but for a moment these light afflictions light what you're going through it seem big to you but it's really light. It's a light of fiction, and it's but for a moment. It's only momentary. But it's working for you, a far more ex- exceeding and eternal weight of glory. That's if you let patience have the work in you. Y'all got it? Now, I want you to take note, though. Go back to the, to the New King James here on verse 2. Brethren, count it all joy when you fall into Fall into various trials. Notice that you fall into trials. You fall into trials. Notice it doesn't say when you're called into trials. Now I'm, I, this is important here, y'all. Y'all, I know y'all faith people. Y'all already know this stuff. Just, just indulge me for those who may not know it. Because in the church, the erroneous doctrine is that God calls you into in a season. Of heaviness. Don't your Bible talk about a season of heaviness when you deal with manifold temptations? You just say yes. Just just say yes. The Bible says, Pastor. Yes, you're right. If I say it, trust me. The Bible said it. Media, put on the screen out of of First Peter, I think it is, where it says, uh, "Though now you go through a a season of heaviness, manifold temptations." They'll look it up for us. Get on the screen so they don't don't think I'm lying. Y'all, 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 believe me. Y'all believe it? So he don't need need to find it? Okay. All right. Find it anyway. (laughs) But what happens is this season of heaven is the manifold temptations. People act as if God's taking them through this season. God's taking me through something. How much blame, some people call it credit, does God get for people going through rough times in their lives First Peter 1 verse 6 wherein you greatly rejoice though now for a season if need be you are in heaviness through manifold temptations so heaviness the grief, the sadness, the struggle comes through your manifold or multifaceted all kind of temptations what manifold means, it means from every side manifold temptations right? but notice it never said God takes in you through, God does this Am I right about this tonight? Yes, that it never tells me that God calls me into this season. Well, I'm going through right now because God is working on me. I know before before I, I go into my uh, promotion, I got to go through this rough time, and God's going to take me through this rough time. No, it never said that. It never said that. No. All it says is, go back to James 1, 2. Count it joy when you fall into you, you fell into it. You fell into it. You hit a patch where the enemy saw where you were going. Okay, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. for. Thank you. That's great. Thank you. The Bible says, when Paul talks about in um, 2 Corinthians 12, he talks about uh, how he was buffeted by the devil. Right? This thorn in his flesh. How many of you ever heard of thorn in his flesh? And he said, because of the revelation, the abundance of revelation. In other words, Paul was getting so much. There's two, a double, a double meaning to that. One, he was getting an abundance of revelation. He's getting a lot of revelation. God's taking him up on high and showing him things that he couldn't even see, showing show him things that, that rather that he couldn't even talk about. But, but he, so he's getting abundance. He's getting a lot of it. A lot of it, yeah, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But also it means he's getting an abundance of revelation. Or oh, the revelation is bringing him into a place of abundance. Paul was a rich man. Paul was so rich that when he was locked in jail, uh, he was on house arrest for two years, the, 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 uh, the king, the, the king kept, kept trying to bribe him. How do you try to bribe a prisoner? He's a prisoner and God still prospered him so much that the king, what, a king gonna try to bribe somebody? That means Paul had Luke. He's getting an abundance from these revelations. And the Bible says that a thorn was given to him. A thorn in his flesh. Right. And he calls it the messenger. Of Satan. Come on, the messenger of Satan, of Satan not God. No. And people teach in church that God put Paul through this, that God will put you through this because he's trying to make something out of you. No, 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 no. You're giving the, 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 the credit or the blame to the wrong person. Right. And here's the devil sitting there laughing because he's getting off scot free. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, so you fall into it. You fall into it. Various trials. People say things like, God is pruning me through these trials. You ever heard that? God, go ahead and purge me, Lord. Purge me, Jesus. Prune me, Jesus. What do you know? You're not pruned. (laughs) As a believer... Trials don't prune you. Put up John chapter 15. John 15, verse uh, 2 and 3. John 15, 2 and 3. Let's go to Amplified. John 15, 2 and 3. Hallelujah. Look at what it says here. Any branch of me that does not, go, go start at verse 1 so everybody knows I don't get in trouble with all you theologians. He says, I'm the true vine. That's where you get the scripture, your name of your business from. I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2. Any branch of me that does not bear fruit that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away. And he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that contains the bare fruit. So he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that contains the bare fruit. Are you all bearing fruit? Yes. So what is he going to do? He's going to continually cleanse you and prune you. To make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So that's what God wants. So he's going to prune you. Yes, he is. But how does he prune you? Look at verse 3. Verse 3. You are cleansed and pruned already because of? Because of? So God prunes us not by trial, not by tribulation, not by temptation. He prunes us by the word. God, let he, he just let me go through all kind of hell and high water because he's trying to correct me, bring correction. No, God brings correction by his word. We got to debunk that myth, Laquanda. The people in the body of Christ are our in agreement with suffering, in agreement with trouble, in agreement with struggle because they believe somehow God has taken them through this to make them better. We even say, say things in church like, trials come to make you strong. Y'all ever heard that these church songs? Trials come to make me strong. Uh, no, trials come to kill you. The Bible says, you want to be made strong? The Bible says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The Bible says, be strengthened with might by his spirit in your inner man. If you want to be strong, you're made stronger by the word. You're made stronger by the spirit, not through a trial. People say, well, whatever what don't kill you make you stronger. <laughs> no, it didn't make you stronger. Your faith and your patience made you stronger. The word made you stronger. God doesn't use the devil to help you. He doesn't use the devil to grow you. Oh, Jesus. Y'all hear me on this here. Glory to God. He don't need Satan's help to bless me and grow me and increase me and prune me. He doesn't need Satan's help. He ain't going to use that buster to help me. Somebody say the devil's a buster. And say this, he's not my friend. He's not on my side. side, And he doesn't mean me any good. good. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, thank you, Lord. So back in James chapter 1, verse 12. Go over there, please. Blessed is the man who endures temptation for when he is been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Then it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I'm tempted by God. So when you're tempted, and this temptation, don't just think sexual. This word temptation is the same Greek word as the word trial. In fact, in the King James, in verse 2, it says temptation. Fall into diverse temptations, back in the King James, verse 2. So don't think sexual. Everybody just think temptation just means sexual. Ooh, I looked at something where I called, you know, booty call, all that kind of stuff you're talking about. <laughs> y'all don't remember that word, do you? Good. I'm, i apologize for reminding you about that word. I apologize. Hallelujah. But some of y'all just just uh, blushed just when I said that. So the temptation. Which is the devil, a temptation is an opportunity to fall. That's an easy way to define temptation an opportunity to fall. Whether it's into sin or unbelief or idolatry or into uh, uh, sickness or disease, in other words, to take it. Do you understand? Did y'all catch what I just said? You know, you know, when a sickness, when a symptom comes on you, comes to you, you don't have to take it. That's right, that's right. That, that was one of the biggest things that happened through this whole COVID crisis was people, you know, they told everybody, look out for these symptoms. And people, when they show these symptoms, all of a sudden people begin to take it. Wait, well, you know, you don't have to take it. I said, you don't have to take it. You don't have to, you can say, no, I resist that in Jesus' name. I resist that in Jesus' name. No, I'm, I'm not taking that. Well, you know the flu's going around. Well, don't take it. Let it go around you. Going around. Keep on going. Hallelujah. Well, not, they got a new COVID variant. It's going around. Fine. Let it go around you. Do you know there's all kind of stuff going around now that you're not taking already? You know HIV's still out there. Hepatitis still out there. You go to restaurants and you eat people's food and you weren't in the kitchen, you don't know if they washed their hands? You don't know what they did. Am I right, Barry? Bear used to be an inspector. You don't know what goes on these kitchens. Oh, it's so beautiful outside and you know, they got beautiful layout, beautiful decor, the menu's beautiful, the food looks all good and you don't know they don't been to the bathroom three times, never washed their hands? But what did you do? That food came and you say, Father, in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for this food I'm about to receive, sanctifying and cleansing for the nourishment of my body. I resist all sickness and disease. You can't come upon my body. I walk in divine health. I walk in divine life. In Jesus' name, I receive it now. What are you doing? You're saying, I'm not taking whatever they have. Because your Bible said that you and I can drink poison. We can drink deadly things and it will not harm us. What he's saying is, you don't have to take it. Tell you that, but you don't have to take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. Now the symptoms gonna hit you. Yes, sir. It will. And you Your head starts hurting, and the devil's gonna give you a whole list of things. It could be. Well, you know, it might be this, and it could be that, and it could be that. And your stomach start hurting, and you know you at you have pizza with old bad old anchovies on it and he goes, you know, that might be stomach cancer and you, oh, I might
1: No, you know Goodwill
0: you know Goodwill that piece of you should have thrown that out two weeks ago that piece of in your refrigerator and you found it way back in the back, oh, oh that's some of that piece I got another piece oh no, put it in the microwave because heat will kill all that stuff (laughs) that's what y'all say heat (laughs) heat will kill it, no, no it doesn't no, it doesn't. Tell your neighbor, don't take it. Don't take it. Don't take it. So you are going to have temptations. Opportunity to take something. Opportunity to fall. But he said in verse in verse 12, blessed is the man who endures temptations. Blessed is the man who don't take it. Don't take the bait. That's good right there. Don't take, the bait. don't take the bait. You ought to write that down and put on your refrigerator, put on your phone, a screensaver. Don't take the bait. Because you're going to have temptations all day long. Somebody going to say something and you're going to have the temptation to get offended. See, don't, don't just think sexual. You're going to have an uh, opportunity to get, uh, get, get uh, offended. Some of y'all, you ain't got to leave home and you get opportunity for that. Your husband, your wife, your child, your mama, your daddy, the cat, <laughs> cat me out wrong this morning. you like, what's wrong with you? Blessed, blessed,
1: blessed Bless is the. the crown of life
0: so Lord has promised of those who love him hallelujah Hallelujah. but again verse 13 says that no one say when he's tempted he's tempted of God tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil he cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone implied with evil so any evil that's coming to you in a temptation, temptation to sin, temptation to, to, to fornicate, temptation to, to be offended, temptation to cuss somebody, eye, temptation to put somebody in the eye. Y'all ever had the temptation to punch somebody in the eye? You didn't do it, did you? You just tell them, I was tempted, but I'm blessed. I was tempted. There's a, there's a, there's a crown of life waiting for me. So these temptations, they don't come from God. They come from the enemy. Okay? Now let let me get, man, man, man. That clock just moved quickly. (laughs) All right. Hallelujah. So notice again we're saying these temptations and trials, they're not from God. They're not from God. Look down at verse 16. This is where we, where we started, where we've been trying to get back to since Sunday. It says, do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. You know, I looked it up four times, in the New King James Version, four times the Bible says just like that, do not be deceived. Four times. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good manners. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. If a man sows, that shall he also reap. Do not be deceived. See, so obviously you can be deceived, and apparently this is what has happened through the body of Christ. Christ, Christ. Is that the body of Christ has been deceived. You go to enough funerals, and you can hear the deception. Yeah. You know, I've been—I've been saved. I was—I should have said I've been in church my whole life. 49 years I've been saved for the last 32 of those years I've been preaching for 32 years too and I've been to and actually paid attention at enough funerals to know the body of Christ is woefully deceived because people get up there they mean so well that God plucked another flower out of the garden and neither did that flower in heaven. Do you know the flowers God has in heaven, you couldn't even imagine what they look like. I've heard people say things like, oh, like a person, if they were a good singer, they say, oh, God need another, another angel in his choir to sing because nobody's saying like so-and-so. Do, do you know <laughs> angels can outblow anybody we know? And secondly, when you leave this planet, you don't become an angel. Did you know that? Ask neighbor, did you know that? Did you know that? When you leave this planet, you you don't become an angel. Why would you leave this planet and get a demotion? For you to become an angel, you just got demoted. The Bible says that God has made us higher than angels. Why would he now bring you to your graduation, to your reward, and demote you? My grandma, she's my angel. No, she's not. not. (laughs) Why would you talk about your grandma like that? Don't put your grandma down. (laughs) Yeah, everybody doing that. The body of Christ is woefully deceived because they don't go by the Bible, they go by what Reverend so and so said, what Reverend so and so taught for all these years. And they don't even take time to read the Bible for themselves and see what God, holy and reverend is his name, what he said. Some little child loses their life. And they say, God. God knew. I even heard <laughs> I, I ever heard somebody say that God heals through death. One of our guys was going to a class and uh, and I overheard his teacher say this. And I went and I said get out of that class. Don't go back to that class. I don't care. I said don't go back. I don't care how much money you pay. Don't go back to that class. Because if they're going to teach you that God heals through death then they don't know God. is not healing if you die I'm way off subject but y'all just speak. oh no I'm, not. I'm talking about don't be deceived right my beloved brethren so if you die from death that meant that you never overcame the sickness Christians believers should never I say die from death. But y'all knew what I meant, die from sickness. Well, y'all should have said something. Death will kill you graveyard dead. <laughs> I meant that. Y'all say something. Help me out, deep. We're going all over the world broadcasting. So if you die from sickness, that means that, that you never you didn't get healed from it. You and I should not ever die from sickness. We die because we're finished. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I finished my course. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. See, you can't, you're not ready until you finish everything God gave you to do. And then you say, All right, family, come on in here because um, uh, next Monday morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to church one more Sunday and we're going to praise God. And then Monday morning, I'm leaving. Some of y'all like like I was uh, am i am i talking Bible here. What the Bible actually said? No, I'm not trust me, I'm not picking on anybody. If you have somebody they love one, they died from a sickness, please. Please, no, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just talking about don't don't let us be deceived. I'm thinking that that's normal. The church has made that normal. That's not normal. Not normal. When they, when, when, when God called Moses home, that's people say God called so and so home. When God called Moses home, Mm -hmm. I know three people, four people God called home: Enoch, Moses, Elijah, and Jesus. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Which means God, the Bible says he was translated. Hebrews eleven verse. Four or five were in there. He was, he was translated. God called him home. You know what day the funeral was? Oh, there wasn't none, because God, God called him home. You know, then you read about Moses. God called Moses home. God told Moses, all right, Joshua's going to take over. You come on up here and die. And you know what? They can't find his body. And when he died, that's what the Bible says, his eyesight was not dim. No, it's his natural strength abated, which means Moses at at 120 years old was just as strong. One of these young bucks around here, y'all think y'all strong. Moses was still just as strong at 120. Hey, don't be deceived, my brethren. I'm glad I'll pass it because I get to come back Sunday and keep going. Because we ain't going to finish tonight. So so Moses gets called home by God. Then Elijah, Elijah gets called home. Well, how did he die, sickness and disease? No, God sent a a chariot of angels, a a, a chariot of fire, horses and chariot of fire. And they swooped down and scooped him on up, took him right on to glory, never dropped dead. He went right on to glory. Jesus, well, he died, and he died. They killed him. But in reality, he said, no man takes my life. Come on, I lay it down. So he became the only blood donor who died to donate his blood. And then what happened the third day? God raised him again from the dead. So God raised him up again on the third day morning. And then, when it was time for him to go home, when God called him home, he just was caught up. Cloud took him away. Cloud took him away. A cloud took him away, right? 24th chapter Luke talks about The cloud took him away, Acts chapter one, they talk about the same thing. Cloud takes him away and they're sitting there looking up staring and the angel said, why are y'all staring up here? The same way he came, he's coming back again. That's why we say he's coming on a cloud and every eye is going to see him. That's what the Bible says. You see? So don't be deceived in thinking that that you have to die that way or that you have to accept whatever lot the devil's bringing in your life. And don't especially don't be deceived in thinking somehow God is behind this. God is not behind your struggle. God is not behind your trial. God is not behind your temptation. God is not behind. I mean, pe- people go through things like Sister Angelique talked about. You know, talked about the cancer. And I've heard people say, "Well, God's taking me through this cancer because He's trying to do something." No, He's not. If that's the case, don't try to be healed. If God's doing them, just let Him do what He's going to do then. Because if if God's taking you through through diabetes. And you trying to, trying to be healed of it, taking insulin, you being a disobedient, rebellious child. <laughs> y'all didn't like that. I said if God's taking you through it and you're taking insulin, then you're being a disobedient, rebellious child. Now y'all don't get it. When I was a kid, Gershom, my, I had real parents. You know, real parents. They weren't these psychological, you know, parents that we going to talk to you. You know, uh, John, go sit in the corner and you're in, you're in timeout. I know the only timeout I knew was basketball and football. The only timeout and time out We call it timeout. We play, play football on the street. out. When they got the butter from the duck on me, y'all know, the, y'all know what I mean? Butter from the duck. Butter from the duck. That means they're whipping me. Any of, y'all, any of y'all ever had a whooping? Some of y'all got spankings. Anybody had a whooping? All the whooping bowl, people, put your hands up. Okay, I got whoopings. I got whoopings. I got, I got whoopings by the syllable. I'm glad I wasn't fornicating when I was a child. Fornicate. Fornication. I'm glad I wasn't doing that. That's four syllables, boy. <laughs> I'm glad it was just, you lied. Don't lie. <laughs> Oh, just only do one syllable sins, boy, cuz <laughs> steal, cheat, kill, you know, cuss. <laughs> just do one syllables. <laughs> Don't do Grand Theft Auto. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. So 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 how many of you got, got whooped and made the mistake of grabbing the belt? I'm going to give you something to cry about well what is this are you going to give me something to cry about I'm going to give you something to cry about (laughs) in other words their point was if I'm whipping you if I'm beating you don't, don't get in my way so if God Whipping us, if God were beating us, if God were chastising us, and you you try to try to get around that, you are being a disobedient, rebellious child. Yet He's the one who says, "I am the Lord thy God who healeth thee." So obviously, He's not the one doing this. Do y'all see this? What I'm talking, what I'm saying? Do not be deceived my beloved brethren do not be deceived my beloved brethren (sighs) hallelujah Hallelujah. (laughs) remember in James 1.13 it said God cannot be tempted by evil nor does he himself tempt anyone thank you Lord this is helping me right here tonight. 1 John 1 verse 5 says, God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Darkness alludes to the evil. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Okay? I'll let y'all go here in a second. So, if it's evil, it's from the devil. I mean, I, as, as a kid, that made sense to me, just learning how to spell devil, learning how to spell God. And I begin to notice that the word devil contains the word evil. And the word God, you add one more O and it's good. It didn't take rocket science. It didn't take a theology degree to understand, wow, the devil must be evil and God must be good. I mean, it's pretty simple. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You don't need an advanced degree to understand that. That part of the devil's name is evil. Right. That's what does. In fact, back in Matthew 6, the Bible called, Jesus called the devil the evil one. Right. Remember we, that, pray, that prayer we prayed, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us a day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I'm King James thrown in there. But then in New King James, it says, and lead us not, verse 13, into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. King James says, from evil. But he spells it out more, in fact, better here in the New King James, from the evil one. Now, if I'm delivered from the evil one, I'm delivered from evil. Because the evil's coming from the evil one. So there's an evil one. Tell your neighbor, there's an evil one. And it's not, me. it's not me. So I'm looking at me funny, looking at me strange every time. Okay? I'm not the source of evil. There's an evil one. It's the enemy, Satan, the adversary, the devil. Who the Bible says goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's what he's doing all the time. He's trying to devour people and he does it. He, devour means destroy. Right? He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's doing it with evil. Okay, But if it's good, it's from God. Put put back on the screen Matthew 7 verse 11. I'll go through something real quick. Matthew 7 verse 11. If you then being evil, now Jesus is talking to people and what you read in some translation will say you being evil as you are. Because he wasn't calling them and saying that they're evil people but he's comparing the people to God. So if you then being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things, come on, to those who ask him. So what does your Father in heaven give? Good things. things. So if it's evil, it's not from God. If it's evil, it's from the evil one. But if it's good, it's from God because your Father in heaven gives good things. Now let's look at this same scripture in another place here. And uh, Luke 11, verse 13. Luke 11, verse 13. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give me five minutes. If you then, being evil, know how to good, get, excuse me, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give, watch this, say it again, the Holy, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. So the Holy Spirit must be good. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit must be good. Now, Isn't it interesting that the body of Christ for so long has acted like the Holy Ghost wasn't good? Well, no, but everybody says the Holy Ghost is good. Well, how come people don't ask for him? Because he says to give the Holy, Ghost, the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Well, people, there's whole sects of the body of Christ that don't want the Holy. They don't want that tongue stuff. They don't want that anointing stuff. They don't want that healing stuff. They want to come to church, have their little one-hour service. And head on to the to the poor folks. (laughs) Go get a mimosa. (laughs) Just keep on going. Not from from poor folks. (laughs) Poor folks usually have all unique chicken on Sunday. I think Joe ruined that. I heard Joe ruined the all-unique chicken have it no more. So the Holy Ghost is good and he said he'll give the Holy Ghost to anyone who asks him. Can I give you a couple couple more good gifts? No, no, I'm not, I do that Sunday. I do that Sunday. I'm going to go through some good and perfect gifts. Alright? Now I just want to show you this that God is good. That's the point we're trying to prove to, to people. Now I know some of y'all who are. Real strong faith people, you know this stuff. You like, pastor, you can preach on something else. I know this. <laughs> don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. See, you may you may know he is good, but I don't know if you know how good he is. That you don't realize how good he is, because if you realize how good he how good he is. Condemnation couldn't beat you. You you wouldn't, you wouldn't mess up and all of a sudden be depressed for 17 weeks because you're messed up. Because you know, Father God, all you do is just come to him and say, Father, I, I, I blew it. He said, I forgive you. You know what the Bible says? He's faithful and just to forgive you if we confess our sins to him. Notice, notice he didn't, didn't even tell us to ask for forgiveness. Did y'all, y'all know that? 1 John 1.9, he says, just confess it. He didn't even say, come and say, Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me. He didn't say that. He said, just, just say, I did it. I did it. He said, okay, I forgive you. Don't, don't, don't you wish your husband was that easy or your wife was that easy? Your parents were that easy? The moment you say, I did it, and they just say, okay, I forgive you.
1: No, they
0: gotta, you got to go through all kind of... Jumping over hurdles and jumping, you know. Shoot! Sorry for what? Tell me what you're sorry for. Put on the list. How you know you're sorry? Well, you don't said sorry before. You ain't changed yet. Glory to God. All right, let me move on because I don't want to get in trouble. Moses most have the words, sin is not lacking. So I don't want to sin against my wife. Okay. So knowing how good God is. Jesus Christ, when he walked this planet, all we have to do is watch his life, watch his ministry, and we see the goodness of God. Okay, look at uh, Hebrews 1 3. Hebrews 1 verse 3. Let's see what it says here. Just one more scripture after this here. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. Yeah, one more scripture. Why are you looking at me like that? My <laughs> son rolling his eyes. Yeah, right. <laughs> Just remember, you need to ride home. Who? <laughs> says, Who being the brightness of his glory, now, this is about Jesus Christ, okay? So we can say Jesus being the brightness of Father God's glory and the express image of his person. That's what I want you to see. Jesus Christ was the express, or we could which is, actually should say is, because it said being, the express image of his person, which means he's the exact character of God. So whatever you saw Jesus doing, how he operated, was a exact picture of how God operates. So did you ever see Jesus putting anybody through something? Did you ever, ever see Jesus taking somebody through and talking about, don't worry, I'm going I'm to heal you though. Just lean on me. I won't let you fall. Just lean on me. Just, I'm going to bush in your eye, but then lean on me. <laughs> I never saw Jesus doing that. He always came and healed. He always came and delivered. He always came and saved. He always came and forgave. Remember that woman who came was caught in adultery? John chapter 8, the woman caught in adultery. And they came and threw him down, threw her down at Jesus' feet, expecting him to bring the law down. The law says she should be killed. The law says this. And he, he, he just, anybody without sin cast the first stone. They all disperse. Woman, where are your accusers? I don't know. He said, well, nobody condemns you, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That's the nature of God. Remember the prodigal son, Luke 15, who had run off with his dad's money? And by law, because of what he did, he should have been stoned to death. And Jesus gave a picture of that man who ran out to get his son and, and stopped The the town elders from beating his son—that's what he did when he ran ahead to meet him. He he said, "No, I'm going to cover him so he doesn't get what the law requires that he gets." And when he did that, he was showing the nature of God—that even when you blow it, God's going to cover you, so everybody isn't able to whoop you and beat you down. Because people show will—you know they will, right? People, okay. All right, last place. John chapter 14, John 14, 6 through 11, and we'll pick this up on Sunday morning. Amen. I really wanted to go somewhere else Sunday morning, but y'all took up most of my time. <laughs> so we'll, we'll stay with this Sunday. Is that okay? Yes, sir. John fourteen six through 11, I'll read that and we'll, we'll quit. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Me, Verse 7, if you had known me, watch what he says, if you had known me, you would have known my father also. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Now he's talking about seeing seeing himself Jesus. But he said, if you see me and know me, you know my father. You want to know how God operates? Just look at me. You want to know how, how God feels about things? Just look at me. Watch me. Keep going, verse 8. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is sufficient for us. It'll suffice us if you just show us, show us the Father. You keep talking about the Father, show us the Father. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me, come on, has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us, show us the Father? Let's keep going here, verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. And last verse. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. So the works that you see me doing is evidence of the works that our Father does. So you and I don't have to wonder wonder about the Father if we just simply look at the works of Jesus see his character see his nature and know he's good all he ever did was good in fact the Bible says that the, he was anointed by, by the Holy Ghost right and he went about doing good and healing every few, a couple people healing all who were pressed by the devil For God is, was with him so guess what God does, he does good and he heals everybody he'll heal everybody That's why I'm confident, Angelique, that you're healed. That's why I'm confident tonight that you are healed in this place because he heals everybody. That's what he does. Hallelujah. How many of y'all believe that tonight? How many of you are glad that our Father is a good God? No evil comes from him. There's no darkness in him at all. Anything evil is of the devil. Anything good that comes from God, he's our Father. We believe him. We receive him. We trust him. We rely on him, and we love him with all of our hearts tonight. Amen? Give God a praise if you receive that word tonight. Shout of praise. Our God is a good God. Our God is a good God. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor tonight. We thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Thank you, Father, for making sure tonight we know that you are good. And that we will never allow ourselves to be deceived by Satan. God, anything that comes that's evil, any temptation, any opportunity we have to fall, we resist it, we reject it. We just say we don't take it. Lord, we won't take any thought for our lives, what we'll eat, what we'll drink, how we're going to be clothed. We don't take, take thought about any of those things. We know, Father, that you already know we have need of all these things, and you will supply all of our needs. God, I pray that wherever, Lord, any one of us have had any sort of erroneous picture of you, and that picture has shaped our lives, we ask that, God, you help us to repair and tear down those old images. Tear down those old images, Father, and build this new image, the right image of you being a good God. You are a good God. You are the good God. And I pray, Father, these are people that will walk in expectation all the time. In fact, I pray that Father that we'll know that because you're so good, there's really no limit to what we can ask you. Jesus said that if we being even know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more, how much more will you, our heavenly Father give good things to those who ask you? Thank you, Father. You're not like some natural dads who get agitated, who get annoyed when their children ask for things. Who will shoot them down or even belittle them. Who will belittle their children when they make mistakes. But God, you're the good God. You never belittle us. Your word says, Father, if any man lacks wisdom, we know this means anything. If we lack wisdom, we can ask you. It says you give liberally and you upbraid not. You have no fault finding. You don't go pointing out our faults. Thank you, Lord, that we can come to you freely, receiving all you have for us. And I pray, Father, that your people, that this word will be sealed in their hearts. Tonight we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Give God one more big praise tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, were you blessed tonight? Praise God. Thank God for his power in this place. Thank God for him healing cancer tonight, him healing.